Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thank you for joining us as we hear about the experience of women in the food and beverage industry. We are here with stories of hope and inspiration for all of our food friends out there. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah, how has your week been this week? Dude, it's only Monday. <laughs> well, I mean, since I talked to you last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't rush You're like it just started let me just figure out what i'm doing here <laughs> well i think literally that storm that blew through yesterday it reorganized atoms in my brain because today's been a hard day to get going this yeah. Monday. but i did go in my garden and harvest all the green tomatoes over the weekend and we managed to do some yard stuff that needed to be done all within a, like we finished like 20 minutes before that storm blew in. It was crazy that we got done what we wanted to. And then I just sat there and I was like, wow, it's windy. <laughs> I know it was really windy. It was a good day to go out probably and get all your garden stuff because now it's just going to be stormy for a bit. Did you, yeah. so this, this is kind of like you wrapping up your year of your first garden. Is there anything that um, you loved growing or anything that you wouldn't grow again? I'm kind of up in the air on potatoes, like I said before, but um, the tomatoes and the slicing cucumbers have been really nice to have. Yeah. And I also was pretty proud of my delicata squash that I grew. And of course the peppers, I liked growing peppers. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I think some of the plants got a late start because of our weird summer. Mm -hmm. And I think if we had more warm weather now, we would be getting a huge production of peppers. So yeah. I don't know. For yeah. sure. The the farmers that we get peppers from are still harvesting a lot of them, but they usually grow them in like hot houses, you know, like hoop houses. Yeah. So so for the home gardener, this is probably the wrap time for all that stuff. My yeah. my favorite things that we grew were potatoes and carrots, but we drew we grew them in bags. Um oh. when I tried to do them in the ground, we didn't have much luck, probably just because our, you know, ground isn't maybe like deep enough or fertile enough. But when I did them in those black, like fabric bags, they did yeah. really, really well. So maybe mm. I would say, give it another try. <laughs> I'll try it again. <laughs> Actually, I'm letting the potatoes that I harvested sprout. And then I'm thinking of cutting them up and planting them for winter potatoes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Try it again. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. I think, I think this maybe is the time to do that final yeah. And Planting. actually my celery is just going crazy. Finally, it looks like I could actually harvest some celery. Yeah. And so I'll be harvesting celery and then I'm going to let leave part of the stock in and see if it'll regrow. Never oh, that's know. a good idea. 
Yeah. My, I grew celery this year, but it was very thin and very bitter. So that's it was how that mine great. is. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm sure if we had like a farm bud on, they could tell us why that is. I bet it has something to do with the soil, but I don't know. Probably. If, any, if anyone hears this and knows, send us a message so we can quick grow and bitter <laughs> salary. <laughs> Well, we have a special guest in the studio today. We are joined by my pal, Lindsay Stranigan. She is the owner of Stranigan & Sons, which is a social media management and event planning biz. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Sarah. We're glad you could join us today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> well, we want to make sure to connect people um, with you. So what's the best way to find you on your social media world? Probably Instagram. I'm just Lindsay Stranigan, my full name on Instagram. And Twitter is L Stranigan. Twitter is more just for fun. I like I like Twitter to go just like I'm a big trailblazers. It's like trailblazers, politics, comedy, I don't know, news, but I don't I don't tweet as much, but I post a lot on my Instagram. So yeah. I think the I, I think your Instagram is best for like finding out food related things, but your Twitter's good for like knowing who you are as a person. <laughs> I mean, I always joke my mom's not on Twitter. So, um, you know, I can be my like true self can, there. You, can, <laughs> you, you said you ordered new vitamins I saw today. Yes, it's true. I just, I'm up in my vitamin game. You know, as it gets darker here in Oregon, I feel like the sun does magical things to me in the summer. And then in the winter, I'm like, oh man, I got to get on that like vitamin D and whatever. I know. Have you, have you ladies ever tried the, a vitamin D shot? Like where you go in and get like a shot at your doctor? No, but I should. I've yeah. gotten vitamin B shots before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they're both great. But someone suggested to me to do that. And I was like, oh, that makes total sense because I always do the same thing. I'll like start out in the winter and I'll be like, I'm going to take, you know, it's getting dark. I got to got to get that vitamin D. And then I do it for like a week and then that's it. But I think the idea is that if you go do this, then it like lasts you for when you really need it. Yeah. I should look into that because my vitamin <laughs> regimen will probably last a couple weeks. Let's you just have to take them at the same time every day, like at dinner or something, just make yeah. a routine and then you'll You'll feel better actually yeah. if you take them. Yeah. Build it into your life. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Lindsay, we want to walk people through your journey of getting into the place that you are now being this business owner. So how did you get into doing social media? I sort of fell into it. I mean, I have a degree in public relations and I've always worked in marketing, PR, or event planning. And so I was living in Portland and I was working for a really kind of, it, honestly, it was a really boring desk job that had good benefits. And I, but it gave me the time, the mental energy to sort of, I started a food blog and I sort of like jumped into that world, was doing some recipe development, made, and just sort of inserted myself into the food world in Portland. I joined the board of the Montebello Farmers Market. And it just was sort of like a passion of mine. I love, I've been cooking I mean, like my family's holiday dinner since I was a teenager, like that's just, that's just me. So I just decided that food was the world I wanted to enter into. And so I think it was because of my blog, um, the owner of Bunk Sandwiches approached me. We had become friends just like through like a neighborhood coffee shop or something. He's like, I really like the way you write about food. Can you help Bunk? And so I did. And I just, again, like, because 
at that time, because that was like seven years ago, I think when I started, social media wasn't quite what it is now. And they were an early adopter of Instagram. There weren't a ton of restaurants on Instagram when I started with them. But we were doing an email newsletter on Facebook and Instagram, and it did really well. And it just, this is a small town, as you know. And so I think it was just a lot of word of mouth. And they were good friends with like Loretta Jeans, who was my second ever client. And I still work with them to this day. So I've been working with Loretta Jeans, I think, for six, six and a half years, something like that. So, and it just, honestly, it's all been word of mouth and just making friends and putting myself out there and yeah. And, and here we are. So I've had to, <laughs> social media just changes all the time. So I think that even if I had had like a degree, you know, the degree in that didn't exist when I went to college, which mm-hmm. makes me feel old, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> Facebook didn't exist when I went to college. I got it after I went to college. So yeah, it just, it's one of those things where I've had to teach myself because it changes constantly. And every time I think that I know what I'm doing, then it, you know, then some new platform comes along or, you know, I remember when Instagram stories came out, I was like, Oh gosh, I don't want to have to do video. And I don't know how to, but now it's so fun. Same thing with reels. Like I've had to teach myself how to make a reel. So yeah, yeah little by little. Uh, well, you brought up um, different social media platforms. So can we talk about them for a little bit? So, you know, a lot of our, our listeners are, um, small business owners. So some of them are looking to have people maybe manage their accounts or um, any of the number of things that you do. But let's get into what social media platforms are like current right now. So if you're a small business owner, what do you think people should be paying attention to? I still think Instagram, if you're a food related business, is probably your best bet as Instagram is so visual and it's easier to pull off on your own as a small business. You know, TikTok is growing and it's it's fun but tiktok is also you have to stay so on top of the trends i only see i don't see small brands using it i only see big brands who have like a video production team or have the budget to work with these tiktok influencers so it just at least for the types of clients i'm working with it just doesn't make sense it's fun again i like to be in like a voyeur (laughs) watching all like the crazy things i know you want to have one of those big huge wedding dresses with lots of gold chains around your neck to get married (laughs) totally yeah there's so many funny things on there but yeah that's so funny it's it's just and i've talked to a friend who works like in video production and she works with like these singers who do a lot of like spoof things. And so TikTok's really good for them, but she said it's so hard because that when something goes viral, you have to be on it and you have to, so it's like, you have to be watching it every day and to see like what the trend is and then be able to video it like that day and get it. So just, I don't know. Again, I think, yeah, I think TikTok is fun to watch, but I think it's hard to transfer it into either selling things or even just helping to tell your story because Mm -hmm. it is such a short thing. And, and most people don't have, most small businesses don't have access or skill sets to do like, you know, an involved video like that. But I do think it's fun to watch. So you think still, still Instagram is kind of the relevant tool. So if you, if you um, have a client and you're managing their social media, what kinds of things do you do for them? It it greatly depends, but it can range from, I mean, mostly I call myself a social media strategist. So I come up with a strategy and we make a plan posting and we brainstorm the messaging. And so depending on the client, I do some content content creation, which is photography and some some video. But it's funny, I only I do everything on my iPhone um, because for me, if we want to 
have more professional photos, I like hiring a professional. Like I'm a professional social media strategist. I'm not a professional photographer. I take a mean iPhone photo. And and so, I mean, it can be influencer management, brainstorming people to work with to, you know, hype your product for you. It can be um, a lot of what I do is coming up with fun giveaways for clients and reaching out to people and say, hey, we'd love to do, you know, a holiday gift box giveaway with you. So it's a little bit of everything and a lot of reporting that a lot of people want to see the numbers and make sure that their social media is is growing and all that. So, yeah, I feel like a... a was a jack of all trades, even though it's one trade, there's a lot of different things in that it's, you know, I mean, I end up being the customer service arm of businesses so often that it's interesting because I'm behind the scenes, I'm not in their business, I'm not there selling that pizza or that pie. And so when someone has a complaint, it's always, it's this weird, I'm a middleman, I have to talk to the owner. And the nice thing is that the clients that I work with are all pretty great. And when I've worked with someone for a while, I feel really confident on speaking on their behalf. And usually we try to get organized ahead of time and say, okay, if someone has a problem, what is our response? You know, I always want to take it offline. I want to apologize. I want to ask them to DM us so we can make it right. Like something vague enough to then where I can pass you off to the owner and they can, you know, talk to you from there. So every once in a while, I feel like in our industry, I don't get that many trolls, but I get a few, not a lot, but (laughs) the occasion, oh my gosh, if you do ads, like Facebook, a few of my clients do Facebook ads and oh my gosh, I was working with like a a venue, an outdoor, like COVID friendly venue this summer and they did a bunch of targeted ads and you would not believe (laughs) the comments of just so many, like literally people were like, oh, you know, is Antifa going to show up or whatever, (laughs) that sort of thing. Like it's, and in a way I'm sure that um, COVID has brought you many challenges um, that yeah. being one of them uh, I, I'm absolutely sure but also yeah. did you did you experience because um, you you rep a lot of restaurants so did mm-hmm. you um, experience any uh, loss of clients during that time I would guess yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was really bad for a while. I think that, I mean, in the span of a week, I lost 75% of my clients. Whoa. And oh, yeah, it was wild. I, yeah. After I worked so hard to build this business, and I'm the main provider for our family. Yeah. And my husband was working part-time and taking care of our kiddo because she hadn't started school yet when the pandemic started. She started kindergarten in the pandemic. Sometimes. Um, and yeah, so most of those that I lost, didn't come I worked for all Dave Machado's restaurants and they he closed them down and then I worked with Kimpton Hotels and the restaurants so in some of those like the Monaco and Red mm-hmm. Star closed down and then some of them I just started working with River Place Hotel again the the first client that actually came back after all that mostly I just I pivoted and I'm working more with products now I mm-hmm. work with um like I work with Smith Tea and Aria Gin and all of those are are ones that I picked up in the in the pandemic so tea and gin sales have been, <laughs> have been I, it's more lots been of drinking yeah yes yeah and I think it's more stable you know people are are at home more and they're drinking more tea and I, I did retain a couple restaurant clients the ones that stayed stayed on the whole time which is really awesome but yeah Good. for the most part it's I'm not really picking up new restaurant clients so yeah it's just a hard time I'm I'm glad that you could figure it out though, and that and I did notice that that was sort of the way that you you know I, I usually know who you're in uh, 
you know, in charge of, and which is why if I ever need anything, I'm like, oh, I'll just text Lindsay because I know that I have a question for, you know, ladder jeans or whatever it is, because I know that you're the one that answers it. But um, so I'm always kind of paying attention to who you're in charge of. But I I realized that um, you were taking on a lot more clients, which I thought would be really good for our listeners, because um, I think there's a lot of people that um, kind of the thing that I always like to tell people is that someone else is really better at telling your story a lot of the time. So to have you be in charge of it and do it, I think it's really good because I think it's hard for business owners sometimes to talk about how great they are and and talk about the things that they're doing. And so it's really helpful to have somebody organize that and do that piece for you like you do. And I think too, when you're running a small business, you're just, your head is down and you're working so much. And I think honestly, just like stepping back and taking the time to do that is the biggest challenge. Yeah. And so I think that having me, I, you know, as kind of a little bit of a professional nag, sort of like, if I don't have the information, I need to bug you for it. It's like, okay, what, what is the story we're telling this week? And so I think that, you know, I'm constantly sort of trying to come up with like, what can we tell? And I'm big on like, if you don't have anything to say, don't say it. But at the same time, so many of these small businesses do have something to say and the people that sure. I'm working with are, and it's nice too, because I work with people that I like, and I'm, I'm at the point in my career too, where, you know, I can, I can turn down people definitely during the pandemic. That wasn't the case, but I'm trying, I feel like I've grown as a person and I want to like, it's going to reflect in your social media. If I'm excited about what it is that you're doing, that's going to like, I don't want to rep someone that I don't like or don't believe in or, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good that you have that ability to make that decision. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some of the people that you represent right now. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, Lindsay, I want to know which one of your customers feeds you the most. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really good question. Um, I mean, Loretta Jeans is, I'm never tired of that pie. If I'm having a bad bad day or like her brownies, I don't know if you ever had a Loretta Mm -hmm. Jeans brownie. They're so good. I've worked with her for so long and it's like, I'm not. There's still pies at first that I haven't tried because she has so many. So yeah, does she have banana cream pie over there? She does. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm trying to find the perfect banana cream pie for our neighbor who takes care of our cats when we're gone. I think that's a great place. I like our coconut cream pie too. I've had that one a lot. Yeah. They also do they do a coconut key lime pie. It's like a mixture of the two, like a coconut cream and a key lime pie. It just like tastes like the tropics. It's so good. I know I always, your job seems very glamorous, right? Because I see you and you're working. So you're at Loretta Jean, say, or you're at a restaurant or you're at Smith Tea and you get to experience all this wonderful food. You take pictures of it. You post about it. You get people to come in. Are there, are, is there any downside to having to go to all of these places and enjoy all these <laughs> special treats? <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. I think it's, 
I still always feel a little bit silly, like when I'm standing on a chair, like trying to get this like top down shot or something. And, and I guess it's a little bit different now. And, you know, pre pandemic times, I'd be in a restaurant, there'd be people in the restaurant dining and there's most of my clients now aren't doing like indoor dining. So it's a little bit less of a thing, but I always feel like people look like, what is this girl doing? And I just want to yell, like, it's my job. I'm literally getting paid to do this, you know, like, don't look at, I guess maybe now the like influencer stuff is taken off a little bit more maybe people are used to it maybe get a t-shirt that says it's my job (laughs) exactly Exactly. and you know so there's that or there's always the awkward like I'll show up to it newish clients are always hard because like once I have a rapport it's always like oh Lindsay's here they know the drill they know to like set some stuff aside for me I'll find my little corner where I'm going to take pics or what have you but if it's a newer client it's always like wait who's this girl why are we giving her free food you know it depends on the size of the company too mm-hmm. like if it's a you know like a two-person business of course they're gonna know so yeah that gets a little that gets a little odd um, you can't be any more awkward than being the photographer at a wedding oh yeah that's gonna be <laughs> capturing all those well, and then the, the family drama. I used to be a, a wedding planner back in the day. So yeah, I, I think I'm, this is better. I'm very <laughs> grateful to have left my wedding planning days behind. Yeah, you well, you do a lot of event planning now. I mean, I know I'm sure it's it's different these days, but um, I've been to events that you put on and it's really wonderful because you do all these really fun food events. Do you have any favorites that you've organized? Funny enough, I just did an event series for Feast this year mm-hmm. uh, with the claim with the Claim of Stories podcast. So it's it was this year I did the social media for Feast and I produced events for them, which I'd never done. Whoa. Both. I've produced events for them, I think, for five or six years. And I always really like working with them. But the Claim of Stories podcast um, is run by a guy named Bima Williams, and he tells the stories of entrepreneurs of color. And he That's partnered cool. with Feast to talk about to talk to entrepreneurs of color in the food world in Oregon. Yes. So it was three nights, and I think we had six different speakers total. And the first night was, I mean, I shouldn't be biased, but I think it was my favorite night because it was CJ McCollum of the Trailblazers talking about his wine. And then it was um, Tiket Bramlett with Vidon Vineyards, and she's the first African American uh, woman president of a winery. So long but she rules and they were just delightful. They were funny. They both, and I thought CJ would be like too big for his bridges, but he just mingled and they're very small outdoor events. They're a hundred people events. So they felt so COVID safe. And I, it was just like delightful to see all these people come together and celebrate these stories. And also produce, I mean, I hadn't produced events in two years because COVID. Mm-hmm. So like coming back with a hundred person event. I mean, I, the last event I had done for Feast before the pandemic was, Brunch Village, which was a thousand people. Oh, so yeah. like, it's a big day. Like, yeah, yeah. The the first day of these events this year, I was like, I kept thinking, like, I, there's got to be more to do, right? Like, I kept thinking mm-hmm. it would be more stressful, and it just wasn't because throwing an outdoor event for 100 people is like a That's cake. kind of a sweet yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. 120 yeah. at the most. 100's perfect. Yeah. It was I'm- so nice. I'm sure it was nice for you. And I'm sure it was nice for the guests too. Cause I think that um, it's nice to, even when things do get really big to kind of pare them down, I think felt really good yeah. for people this year. That's how it's felt doing like actual events and stuff for me this year. I, I think it's nice. It's easier to connect to people when it's smaller. And I think people, that was a feedback people said is like, it feels more intimate. It feels like yeah. the taste of old. It just felt like, yeah, you were able to actually taste 
all the things that were offered there, you were able to have good conversations with people. Do mm-hmm. feel like such this, yeah, less manic energy? I yeah, that's good. And you're a huge Trailblazers fan, so I'm sure that event was really fun it's for you. True. <laughs> I was trying hard. It's so hard when you're trying to be like the boss and not be a fangirl, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, but I love him. I, def- <laughs> I, I got a picture with him. So oh, I did, good. I that. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Well, and uh, I know you too from the farmer's market world, and I don't know if you still do stuff with with the farmer's market, but can you talk about what you've done in the community? Because you've been involved with the markets for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, I was on the board of the Monadale Farmer's Market for a couple of years, and then I was on staff with the Beaverton Farmer's Market, I think for four years, and I'm not working with them anymore. I just honestly got, I got too busy. I took a contract doing some event producing for Tillamook and was flying all over the country again in the before times. And so I just kind of juggle all that, but I still talk to, and actually a friend of mine got hired at Beaverton um, when I left. And so I still talk to them all the time and read their email newsletters. It's such a great market. I love it. I wish I lived closer to Beaverton because I would go over there, but um, yeah, one of my clients currently is actually um, a butcher shop called the Tony's corner and they raise their own, they have their own hog farm. And so it literally like they raise the pigs so then they sell them. And so it still feels nice to be involved in some um, local agriculture. Cause that's just always been something that I really care about. And so it feels at least a little bit connected to that world. I'd like to weasel my way back into working for, you know, a market or had handling social for maybe like a smaller market someday. So it's just, yeah, we, we, we've made a payment tradition we live close to the Woodstock Farmers Market and it's just like our thing on Sundays during the season to go and my daughter has like her favorite you know vendor that she wants to go there's these ladies that sell sambusas and they're so good yeah that's so. my my neighborhood market too it's it's a good one it's a good little market yeah um, well, I wanted to talk about the name of your business because um, it's called Stranigan <laughs> and too. Sons and you and don't I have any don't sons. Have sons. <laughs> I don't. It's true. She's tricking us. <laughs> it all comes from a joke. I think it's my first assistant. I usually have someone who helps with the social media business just because it's, it's tedious and it's crazy. And it's nice to have two eyeballs on it. It's my very first assistant is this kid named Colin and he was so funny and he would always joke that my last name sounded like a law firm or something and he was always like you need a hat and he would just like say Stranigan and Sons and he would just joke about it and so it stuck and it's funny because my grandpa I think he it, like my grandpa's such a literalist he was like what are you going to get a real business name I'm like grandpa it is a real business name <laughs> I was like I just thought it sounded like a law firm so <laughs> whatever and picking a business name was really hard so. yeah that's what I went with. Well, it, originally you had your, your food blog and um, it was called Rosemaried, right? Yep. And, and a lot of people thought my name was Rosemary. I was wondering if that's why you changed all of your stuff because people thought that maybe that was your name instead of, instead of Lindsay. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't doing my blog anymore. Basically once I had Margot and my, my business really took off, I just didn't have the time to devote to it. And there were so many people that was like, that in itself can be a full-time job. And I just didn't want to be a paid food food blogger. Like I just wrote recipes because it was fun. So um, yeah, I just felt like it was time to retire that and more as a professional. It was because like, since I didn't have a blog anymore, I was like, Rosemary, like what? And it felt a little, what was my tag? It was like seasonal, local and in love. It felt a little, I don't know, cheesy. I am in love, but it's like, I don't know. Once, 
<laughs> I did start it when I was a newlywed and I've been married 12 years now. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's time you just had to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we started talking about some of your clients. So we know um, Loretta Jeans mm-hmm. and um, who else are you currently representing right now? So right now I work with Smith T, um, Aria Jin. I'm working with this NA spirit brand called Wilderton. They make like distilled non-alcoholic spirits. They have two different flavors. It's really rad. I started working with them very recently. And I work with Friday Gum Love, Loretta Jeans, Pacone's Corner, which is the butcher shop I was talking about. And I'm, oh, and I just started working with East Gleason Pizza. I've known those guys for ages and ages. And so they were like, we need help. And I think that's it. I don't think I'm missing anybody. <laughs> it, it changes and fluctuates. So, oh, and River Place Hotel. I just started working with them again. So it, it keeps me busy for sure. And I never know, like going into a pandemic winter, it feels like are we all going to, you know, like knowing is, are there, and I'm always fine if people need to pause services or what have you, like I'm happy to make it work or change contracts to have me do a little bit less for them if we need to buckle down for the winter. So it feels like things are going pretty well for people now, though, now that we've sort of all figured out our systems in this sure. new world. I agree. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just we have to get very, I think we'll just all be better at evolving and changing because no one really knows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's so, and obviously working small business right now, the staffing issues, I just, I feel mm-hmm. so bad. I wish I could help more with that sort of thing. It's like, you know, I do what I can to support from the sidelines and, yeah. you know, promote what they, what they need to, but gosh, it's like, you know, I can't help them if they're like, cook doesn't show up or, you know, yeah. have you like talking to Kate Laura and Jeans about, you know, like how many Thanksgiving pies she's going to, you know, she's like, I'm going to plan for this many, but then what if somebody has a COVID exposure? One of my bakers has to quarantine for 20, you know, it's just, it's trying to plan. She's like, yeah, you can think you have your staffing in place. And then if somebody gets sick or your staff is exposed, then you're screwed. Yeah. It's been really challenging. I feel like, I feel like um, you working with restaurants, you probably understand it a lot more than um, everyone, but I think that restaurants were hit really hard and and still continue to be affected every day by it as everyone else can kind of move on to different things. There's still a little bit you know, there's a, there's a piece of that where if they have a physical location, they're a little bit stuck. And so it's been really challenging over the weekend. We tried to go to Sherry's restaurant in Milwaukee and there were open tables, but I guess they were swamped. And the lady told us we couldn't have the table we wanted. We'd have to wait. So we left and then we went to the Sherry's in Gladstone and they told us we had to wait 30 minutes because they've been so busy. Everyone needed a 30 minute break. So we couldn't have a table there. And so we drove to up the hill to um, by Clackamas Community College, and there was no one in the Sherry's there. And I found out their cook has been there 19 years, and he makes a really mean bowl of fries. So that's where you should go. <laughs> okay, that's hot. I don't, I don't know if hot I've tea. ever been to a Sherry's. Is that like your thing? You like to go to them? Well, the reason I wanted to go there is because they have it. It's locally sourced. You didn't, uh-huh. know, you didn't know that? I didn't. Um, Anton Kimball designed the logo for them. Okay. He's near and dear he's, to our hearts. He's our buddy. He designed our logo. So that's another reason. Third reason is they have a huge menu. So if one of us wants to have like a salad, you could go salad. You could go local hamburger. You could get smothered fries, which is what I wanted. 
and a salad. And it's just like, I don't have to I think. Mean, and fries sound great. Quite yeah. frankly, this is not the first time in the last couple of months where my husband and I have gone like, we want to go to a restaurant. We'll like drive to somewhere in the city and it's just closed or it's still in the internet, but it's not actually open anymore. So mm -hmm. that happened to us with um, a restaurant over in the St. John's area. We drove all the yeah. way over to Hawthorne. It was closed. So I'm just going to go with Sherry's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if Lindsay was in charge of um, all of their social media, you would know if they were open or not. <laughs> right. But also <laughs> she like, would handle it. When I was a kid, all we had was like cake and steak um, restaurants in the Midwest. And that's oh, where yeah. we would go hang out late at night and mm -hmm. have fries and a Coke. And that's what I felt like. I was like, I need to go somewhere where I know I can get fries and a Coke. <laughs> that, that nostalgia. <laughs> real. Yeah. You need it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you'll ever have a blog again, Lindsay, or you think you're out? <laughs> you done with it? I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I have... I get paid occasionally. So, oh, I totally forgot. I work with Oregon Fruit and I've worked with them for several years. And so I do some recipe development for them. And so like that sort of thing, occasionally I'll have people, I worked a bit with Heston Q, which is a cookware company and they paid me to develop some things for them. So that kind of thing is fun because I still adore cooking mm -hmm. and I do like taking food photos, but it just became such a rat race so quickly. And I just was like, we were in a really small place. We had a baby. And so, you know, all these people were talking about their like closets full of props. And I was like, I don't, it just, it wasn't for me. So which is funny because yeah. now just with the nature of what I do, I do have, I do have a few props and I do have some photo backgrounds and stuff just to, I, I like to be able to supplement with photos if needed. You know, I like, yeah. well, I, I certainly don't ever want to provide all of the content for, a client because it's just a ton of work mm -hmm. and I like it coming from a variety of different people but it is really nice to be able like okay if I need an image for something yeah. I can get it done yeah. do you you become kind of the voice for these businesses do you feel like you have to um dedicate a period of time to get to know them each very well yeah, especially if it's someone that I'm not as familiar with. Like I said, I just started working with East Gleason Pizza, but I've known them for ages. We've eaten in there a million times. Like that, that isn't as hard to, whereas like Wilderton, the, the NA spirit, I mean, that's such a new world for new. me. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to dive into their marketing decks and meet with them and try the product and all of that. And so I feel like it took me kind of a minute to find my legs with that one. But I feel like I take pride in the one thing that I feel really confident in is my ability to understand the voices of different people and like who want, who's kind of like silly and a little bit irreverent and who's more serious and educational. And, and I feel like I've got just a good handle at this point on what works on social media and what doesn't. And, you know, the thing that I always tell my clients is like, you're paying me to be the expert. Like you have the story that you want to tell, but help, like my job is to help you tell it in a way where people are going to receive it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to like it and they're going to respond to it. And it looks a little different for everybody, but you know, social media nowadays isn't a place where you can have these long posts where you're going to scroll through and read and read and read and read. I mean, sometimes there are things that go viral with that, but you know, it's, it's that give and take of figuring out how do we get like these snippets of information out to people. I don't think people are really reading blog posts. I think blog posts are kind of a thing that we did a while ago before we had Instagram and stuff. Yeah, it needs to be like a quicker sell. 
or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, People have connection. super short attention spans, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> but I think that's like what you were saying in the beginning is like things are always changing and you kind of mm-hmm. have to learn what people are into and where um where they're where our brains as a community are going and what um what connects us to people quickest and yeah um, and it's it's sometimes it's really it feels really scary it's sort of like like a thing like this summer I, I started doing more Instagram reels for people which is just basically Instagram trying to compete with TikTok mm-hmm. but making video I'm again I'm not a video producer I'm not a video editor but the thing you know I I put up a couple for like feast and they got a good jillion views you know they were mm-hmm. so popular and I think part of the charm of them is that Instagram is so beautiful and curated now and reels feel a little bit maybe more fun I don't know there's something about it that you just performed really well and so it was like once I did a couple I was like all right I can do this you know like yeah I, and I'll just Google and watch a few tutorials. And it's sort of like, if I'm going to stay in this business, I'm going to have to keep learning and pivoting and hiring. Hey, Lindsay, if somebody's just starting up a food business, do you have three quick tips and tricks you could share with them for social media? I mean, if you're going to, first of all, I'm going to go photography for my first tip, please natural lighting, take your food by a window to take a picture of it. Everyone thinks that they can take a good photo and most of them, or not the difference between like natural lighting and like the light in your kitchen is hugely different. Um, be, be good to people. <laughs> Down is, Give people I mean, food. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that don't shy away from, I always tell my clients, like if you have a belief about something, then you should be forthright about that. Don't be scared to take part in a fundraiser or something like your customers are going to find out eventually is like, this is the internet, you know, people are going to know. And I, I think that in this day and age, everything feels a little too perfect and curated. And so like, be, be yourself and you'll find that people will probably want to actually come out and support you more because you're willing to stand up for what you believe in or donate to certain causes or what have you. Yeah. We we're definitely not perfect and curated here. <laughs> yeah, but I think it helps um, people know us better and also know our guests better. <laughs> Sarah, mean, Sarah likes to bring uh, break into random songs from oh, time to time, on. which is always, always my favorite. I don't have a song today, sorry. <laughs> Next time. I, and I, I would but, say my favorite movie of all times is Mary Poppins. So, Oh, yeah, so it's in you. It's in me. The songs just come flying out. <laughs> Sometimes. Great film. How can you not sing those songs? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, Lindsay, I, I know sometimes you would teach some social media classes. You do different events that people need to know about. Anything that you want to pump up or tell people about? Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, feel free. I mean, people can reach out. I'm always happy to talk social media, whether it's, you want help with your social media. I've done, I mean, social media audits for people where I just look over your social media and tell you what I think you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Or I have taught social media 101 classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything. Like it's one of those things where I, I'm in a book and I'm happy. I'm happy to help. I know it's a hard time in the world and I really like that I get to do this as a job. Sometimes I, it's, it's wild to me that I just sort of fell into this and it's, become a thing and um my assistant mel also rules she actually this is funny i was talking to uh judy ann who you probably know and she was saying something about 
using scheduling software and all that and how it's, it can be really confusing because we use uh, scheduling software to post the best times of day and also just have, you know, a plan and, and what have you. And so I was saying, she was like, could you help me with that? And I actually said, well, Mel actually is the one, she's my like scheduling wizard. And so it was great because then Judy Ann hired Mel separately to then teach her how to do the, the scheduling stuff. And so I feel like her and I work really nicely in tandem together. We each have something to bring to the table and we've worked together for, I think, three years now. So I would not be what I am today without, without Mel. So I got to give her a shout out as well. (laughs) And she's also an incredible baker and photographer, which is fun. So we were texting back and forth today. All the, I was taking a bunch of Smith tea pictures today and she baked like spooky treats with Oregon fruit and took pictures. And so we were, she's such a good baker. You know, we, Sarah, um, Lindsay and Mel and I all were in a cookbook club with Mary um, and I miss it. I, I do too. I, <laughs> we need to bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be in the cookbook. I know club. Mary moved away and it all fell apart. <laughs> but I got to have all of the great things that you guys made. It was wonderful. We should bring it back. Fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm into it. Well, um, we have to wrap it up, which I hate to say, but I did want to ask you one question, which is, do you have any, do you have a dream client that you, um, you would love to have, love to represent? Oh, that is a really good question. I've always wanted to work with a coffee company. Uh, mm. I don't know that there's like one in particular, but I love coffee and I feel like there's a lot you can do with that. I used to say I wanted to work with like a beer or brewery client, but now I feel like there's less you can do with that. There's only so many like pictures of beer. Whereas like with coffee, I feel like there's, you can talk about the growers, you can talk about Mm -hmm. the roasting process. You can Mm -hmm. talk about like it as a latte or I don't know. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm just a coffee fiend. So like, I love like what Kova does and whatnot. And it's funny, like never they're friends of mine, but they're so particular about their aesthetic. I'm always like, you can hire me if you want. But yeah, (laughs) I I think coffee would be the dream or maybe, I don't know. Maybe a chocolate company. <laughs> yeah, that's me fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something something well, we'll in that try, world. We'll try to um, tag your episode with as many local chocolate and coffee companies <laughs> so we can try to connect you to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Lindsay, it was great to have you on the show today. It's fun to see you. I've missed you. It's good to chat. And, um, you know, everybody find Lindsay. Why don't you tell us your um, website and social media one more time so that people yeah. can find you? My website is stranaganandsons.com. And I'm Lindsay Stranigan on Instagram and L Stranigan on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, thank y'all. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message at our Missoni and Marshall Instagram. And we will be back next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 
10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program. 